Like it's, you know, and it just, so you think about that, like, again, like their Salesforce is not making any money off of BIT. Like I don't work for BIT, but when, when you hear of the egregious unemployment statistics for the broader people with disabilities community, and to know that there's a single SaaS, you know, software as a service company that is this committed to the, the, this population as they are, like, it's like, how could you not want to see that company succeed even more? Are you looking for ways to shorten your marketing learning curve and help your organization survive and thrive? Welcome to Relish This, the Purpose Marketing Podcast, a show for purpose-focused leaders who want to use marketing techniques to fuel their organization's growth. If you're a returning listener and you haven't subscribed already, we'd love to have you. Also, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Now here's your host, author and marketing specialist, Stu Swinefort. Hey everybody, Stu here. My guest today is Mike Hess, and he is the founder and executive director of the Blind Institute of Technology. Mike and I actually met several years ago when he was doing a presentation for the Entrepreneurs Organization, um, or EO, and I was a part of their, their accelerator program at the time. And it was a really cool exercise that really demonstrated how entrepreneurs in particular have a hard time asking for help. Um, one of the things that Mike and I talked about today uh, at length was this idea of loss aversion and how he experiences that as a person with blindness. And he gets a sense of this kind of squishy feeling that occurs when he's talking with people and how, if one can just be vulnerable and admit their, uh, the challenges that they're having, how that could actually be a, a really good stepping stone to starting any kind of conversation. Um, Mike is just an amazing person. He's put together a really, really cool, organization and i hope you can all check it out um and this this episode was just a, a blast i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did here we go good afternoon mike how are you today fantastic Stu. thank you so much for having me my friend well, I am very, very excited to have you on the show today. We originally met uh, quite a few years ago when I was part of the Accelerator program with the Entrepreneurs Organization, and you ran a really fun, really uh, inspirational um, kind of a, a group activity for for all of the accelerators, and and that's uh, that was just a, a really, really neat. Um, way to get people to kind of understand how teamwork works and, and things of that nature. So, um, that has stuck in my mind as, as one of those great moments that I had in EO and I, I'm excited to have you on the show today. Uh, I appreciate that. It's, it's kind of fun when I think of how, uh, so blind Institute of technology BIT is about to turn 10. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of the, the first two, three years. So we started in 2013, um, and the first few years, uh, Stu, uh, literally I leveraged that workshop called the art of blinders, uh, as a way to, uh, get the word out there for what BIT was doing. Now, ultimately blind Institute of technology, we act as a nonprofit staffing agency. However, uh, our, our niche of, uh, candidates that we supply to organizations, large and small, are the uh, blind, visually impaired, and the broader professionals with disabilities community? And uh, if you if you look online, if you Google like organizations, uh, uh, for profit, nonprofit that are kind of 
selling blind, visually impaired professionals, deaf professionals, neurodiverse uh, professionals, uh, motor skills impaired professionals. Like if you if you Google like how many uh, staffing agencies are really focused on that niche, it's a really small list. <laughs> and yeah. so I leveraged, uh, you know, kind of my 20 years of corporate experience and organizational development Um uh, I'm going to say uh, misses like I, over my 20 year corporate career, like I had all this organizational development that was, you know, mandatory and that sort of thing over my career. And, and so few lessons ever stuck with me. And yeah. so I wanted to bring a, a very interactive and, it, and it's the reason why is because most of the, most of the lessons were like, you know, here's the information, trust me on this and uh, just memorize it kind of stuff. And I, I wanted to create an, an, a workshop that was very interactive, but very, uh, lived experience oriented. Uh, so from my blindness perspective, uh, we, we've got a, uh, we've got a guest, uh, we've got a guest speaker as well. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so I wanted to bring my lived experience of being a blind professional to over my uh, 20 year career to, to the workshop. And so it's, it really is exciting. I, I get it uh, on occasion. Uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll show up at some airport. Uh, I kid you not. And they're like, Hey, you're that blinders guy, aren't you? You know? And, <laughs> yep. and it always kind of, uh, it warms my heart Steve, that, you know, the, um, that people remember that, you know, cause again, we, I always have people practice the technique of active listening and how mm-hmm. that is literally by putting blinders on and focus on, what people are saying. Right. And so, so it's, it warms my heart when, uh, when somebody like you actually remembers the workshop though. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And th- you know, thank you. I remember it very fondly. There was one exercise that was just <laughs> incredibly not only well-received, but it's you know, stuck in my mind where you had, you, you provided, you got us all in a group and you blindfolded one person and, uh, and then asked that person to perform a task and, and I don't, I don't even remember exactly what the task was, but it was something that, that was, you know, incredibly challenging, um, particularly for those of us who, who are sighted and, uh, and are, you know, most are very recently, uh, blindfolded and unable to use, to use our, our vision perception. And, um, and we all went through the exercise and at the end of it, you were like, well, why didn't any of you ask for help? Um, and it was just that, you know, it, it tapped into that kind of entrepreneurial thing that happens where we entrepreneurs tend to think that we're either the only people that, that, uh, can do something or, or that we're the people, the only person that should be responsible for that. And it was just, it was really enlightening to, to have that exercise of be like, well, the first step you all might have wanted to consider was the fact that you had a team and you could lean on that team for, for assistance. Um, and you know, that was one piece of that, that really did stand out for me. And, uh, and, and it's just such an incredibly insightful, powerful lesson. Uh, no, it's, uh, I use that a lot, especially, uh, people, uh, especially entrepreneurs. Uh, I've been, you know, now t- going on 10 years, uh, uh, with my, with, with one of my ventures and, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, rec- so as a blind person, been blind my whole life. I've, uh, you know, there are times that, uh, my mom, I always call it, she gently nudged me, which is a firm foot to ass. Um, <laughs> uh, but she gently nudged me to get out there and she goes, yeah, you're blind. Yeah. You're going to run into stuff. So, yeah. Sometimes things are going to run into you, you know, be careful, but don't be afraid. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
and that lesson, quite honestly, I mean, when, as I started my organization, my first organization, Stu, like, you know, how often, you know, like, again, just recognizing there are a lot of scary moments, but, um, uh, I have, I have learned, uh, like I travel, uh, like I just got back from San Juan, Puerto Rico, you know, five airports, five different planes, uh, you know, just me, my cane. And I, I always seem to find people like, I, I don't need somebody to hold my hand through mm-hmm. scary airports, but man, it's okay to ask for some assistance, right? Like, and, uh, you'd be amazed at, uh, how many, uh, kind souls are out there, but, uh, so many times we're just taught like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, do, do it all on your own. Like, this yeah. crap, you know, uh, empires are not built, you know, big organizations, Jeff Bezos, these, these guys don't do it all themselves, man. Like they, no. you know, but you got to be willing to kind of get over that fear of asking for, for some assistance. So, uh, glad you actually, uh, remember that exercise. I really am. Yeah, it was great. So, so you, you say you've been around for about 10 years. I'm assuming that things have, have evolved quite a lot since, since you and I first, uh, first met back in probably 20, 2015 ish, uh, 2016. Um, what's new at, at, uh, at the blind Institute of technology? You know, um, it's, it's been such a fun, well, you know, fun and scary and, uh, times where I, you know, like, like a lot of entrepreneurs, like when we really started to grow and scale, um, the good news is like, uh, uh, cause again, we act as a nonprofit staffing agency, which, which means that organizations, uh, you know, really, so right after, uh, we had met, uh, landed some of my, um, first really large contracts with, uh, mm-hmm. some real notable fortune 100 companies, um, you know, and they were, they were bringing us on for really large projects, which is like really exciting. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it's our first, you know, quarter million dollar project or half million dollar project or whatever it is. Well, well, that, that all sounds really fun. And then you're like, wait a minute, I only have enough cash flow <laughs> to last, you know? And so then, then you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get a line of credit and oh my gosh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And, you know, oh, I've never done background checks before. And so all these, you know, fun, like, you know, exciting and stressful, you know, things that a lot of entrepreneurs have to go through, um, you know, and again, I wouldn't trade that experience for all, for the world. Like it's been so part of it, but it's, uh, you know, the good news is like, um, our, our workshops and all the uh, different kind of accessibility, digital accessibility and other kind of projects that we were leveraging early on to open up doors and to get our name out there, um, it started to work. And, and um, we've been placing people uh, really consistency, uh, consistently, uh, organizations from uh, CVS and Prudential and uh, Anthem and uh, Salesforce um, you know, throughout the years now. And, and then, uh, we, we became the first organization in the country to, um, cause my background is all tech. Uh, mm-hmm. and so we, we, I had a harebrained idea to, um, uh, to put seven blind people, uh, I'm sorry, six blind people and one neurodiverse gentleman through the Salesforce admin certification. Um, back in 2017, we were the first organization in the country to do, such a thing, uh, because in workforce development, you know, leveling folks up with relevant certifications is super important. Yeah. So I wanted to use this as a vehicle to, again, uh, start, first of all, starting with a platform that is very uh, ubiquitous, um, pervasively used out there globally, um, from public to nonprofit to for-profit. Um, wanted a platform that was, you know, very, uh, very much out there, but 
also wanted to leverage a platform that was um, accessible, digitally accessible to the hardest to use, uh, serve, which is the blind or uh, blind deaf communities. And so Salesforce uh, at the time, they certainly weren't completely accessible, but boy, they, they were really far down the pathway. So so anyway, we put uh, seven folks through the, um, the Salesforce admin certification, um, actually had people move all the way from Ohio to uh, be part of this uh, pilot course. And uh, the great news is um, we ended up getting six out of seven people jobs from that course. Oh, that's amazing. And so we, we've continued down that path, Stu, of uh, leveling folks up, getting folks uh, trained. We actually, in 2020, just a couple of months into the pandemic, we became the official training provider uh, for people with disabilities globally for Salesforce. Um, and they chose us for two primary reasons, uh, Stu. One is... Um, and they interviewed, uh, you know, large nonprofits all over the country that were interested in doing workforce development with them and that sort of thing. But they chose us for two primary reasons. One is uh, we were already 100% remote, 100% accessible before mm-hmm. it was cool and trendy with COVID. So mm-hmm. We meet people with disabilities where they are, right? And just having brick and mortar shops all over the country, that's not going to be a scalable model. So, uh, so, um, so that was the first reason. And the second reason is because employment. Like I said, our, our pilot class, we got six out of seven people a job. That's and, great. And so uh, we've continued and now our, our current cohort, uh, we have more than 60 participants from around the world, including five from Italy alone. So our training uh, is literally, um, uh, we're finding completely blind, completely deaf, uh, neurodiverse, motor skills impaired individuals, uh, print disabled, dyslexic, uh, all over the country, all over the globe, who are looking for an opportunity to level up their skills. Um, and the great news is 100% of the folks that we're getting certified are getting employed. Oh, that's just great. So tell, tell me a little bit more about how BIT works. Are you, um, are, are you helping for, as a, as an outsourced kind of group or are you, are you doing placement or is it, is it kind of both? It's a, we're, we're full scale staffing agency. So literally okay. we'll do, um, and especially for the people with disabilities community, a lot of times organizations, they dip their toe into this, you know, PWD, this people, professionals with disabilities community by mm-hmm. doing a contract, right? Sometimes a contract to hire or sometimes just a project. Um, because in the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives globally, right? Like the four main pillars within DE and I, Stu, and you, you very well know this, like it's gender, it's gender equity, ethnicity, uh, LGBTQIA plus and veterans. Those are the four pillars that are talked about. The people with disabilities community, even though we're a billion strong globally, we're rarely even talked about actually within the fortune 10,000, it's single digit percentages that even have people with disability programs. It's interesting. It's really small. And so, so BIT and we, and, and, there are a couple reasons behind that. One is, you know, uh, quite honestly, people just don't know, like they they still have this stigma and perception around, you know, we'll just use blindness as an example. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it, you know, it must be so hard to be blind. And, uh, you know, if you're blind, you must be a customer service rep or a piano tuner. Or, you know, there's all these stigmas and perceptions that are out there pervasively around blindness alone. And right. so, so just with that alone, like there's like almost a triple sale that we have to do as an organization. And one of them is just breaking down those stigmas and perceptions in and around, you know, again, we'll just use blindness because it's uh, one is one of the digitally from a digital perspective. It's one of the more challenging things to solve for. 
Um, so, so once we find an organization, a leader who just says, you know what, it is so difficult for us to find talent where I'm interested, talk to me. Um, then we go into the how, and I always explain like, so there's this thing with the people with disabilities community that other, um, marginalized or disadvantaged or, uh, whatever, whatever term you want to use there, um, uh, communities don't have to deal with. And that's this thing called reasonable accommodation. Right. Right. And so that term is a very legal, very nebulous term. Um, and so when, when I, when I share with, you know, technology leaders and, and leaders in general of organizations, like, you know, like, Hey, Salesforce is the reasonable accommodation mm-hmm. literally is the reasonable accommodation. So we're, we're training people who are completely blind globally that use a completely free screen reader called NVDA non-visual desktop access. And the platform, Salesforce, the same Salesforce that other organizations are using. Like this isn't a special like blind Salesforce. This is right. This is Salesforce, right? Like, um, and so we, and so literally with a free screen reader that's completely open source, downloadable, um, and the platform Salesforce, a totally blind person is able to do incredibly difficult, very visual, technical things on the inside, on the administrator, on the developer side of the Salesforce platform. Okay. So, so literally like that's, so how we sell to these organizations who are just really wanting to dip their toe in the pond is like Salesforce is that reasonable accommodation. Like, you know, like, you know, but, but what about, what about, no, 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 there is no, what about like literally like this is all completely possible based on the commitment that Salesforce is an organization. And by the way, they are the organization, they are the CRM globally that is this committed no other platform is as committed to uh, workforce development for people with disabilities than Salesforce. That's really, uh, really interesting to hear as well as just, <laughs> it just, it, it just makes me feel good that there's a, that there's a platform out there that is, that is trying so hard to, to kind of move toward in- inclusivity Um and you know it's a it's a shame that some of the others haven't uh, haven't haven't made that move as well. But uh, but hopefully they will get there. Is 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 Salesforce CRM training and and then placement is that your primary uh, the, the primary service that you that you provide? It's a it is certainly a uh, a large part of it now because of the success that we've been having with our academy. Um, mm-hmm. We still at our essence, we are a nonprofit staffing agency. Right. So because we started with, uh, you know, placements and in, in getting people in the door and that sort of thing, um, Salesforce is just one of those like it's a it's a really nice um, you know, secondary service that we offer. Um, we are, because of our success with our academy, we're, we've been in discussions with other um, large SaaS organizations as well. And uh, so our BIT Academy is going to be expanding to do more than just Salesforce admin and Salesforce developer um, students. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to work with any organization that really wants to spread their wings when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, inclusion type efforts within the people with disabilities community. So, uh, nice. it's not, it's not exclusively, you know, like how we're placing people is just Salesforce. Uh, but since Salesforce is growing, you know, exponentially right now, like it's been, it's been a really hot topic over the last couple of years. Well, I do know Salesforce also, I had a, a CRM specialist who actually, Liddy, um, who reintroduced the two of us, um, she she mentioned that there's a nonprofit um, Salesforce kind of uh, module or or 
instance. Intri- yeah. yeah, instance, I guess. Yeah. Um, so for for nonprofits out there who are in the market for a uh, for a great CRM, um, Salesforce has has you covered for sure. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, and there's so much more that that platform offers. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in in truly, uh, so first of all, for nonprofits, it's completely free. So mm-hmm. uh, for up to ten licenses, which is you know for the vast majority of not small nonprofits, it's perfect. And even when you start getting to more more licenses, the the price is incredibly affordable for nonprofits. But what we offer to these organizations, so for any nonprofit that's looking for like you know true technology support our nonprofit prices literally can't be touched. So, um, so when I, when I say they can't be touched, literally nobody can touch our prices and it's because we're a nonprofit um, right. organization, right? So, so we're able to pay our folks uh, a, a nice salary. Uh, it's, it's definitely livable wages um, that we pay folks, but we're not, we don't have an owner or a stock shareholders to uh, be accountable for. So, so we use this literally as just earned income to support our mission. So, uh, so for any nonprofits that are out there that are looking for true technology support, uh, or any other kind of, uh, support from, um, uh, you know, back office kind of support. We, 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 we can definitely as an organization help you and you'll be pleasantly surprised at how truly affordable, um, it can be. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, your target client. I mean, obviously you do a lot of work in the nonprofit space. It sounds like you work with, with, with nonprofits, perhaps of, of kind of all sizes. Um, but, but who, who are you going after? Who's, who's an ideal client for, uh, for BIT? Uh, truly right now it, we, we've, we really found our niche and it really is the small to medium size, uh, nonprofit or even international NGO. So we have, we've got some clients, uh, the size of, uh, women for women, uh, very, uh, very significant, um, you know, international NGO, fantastic organization. Uh, they have nothing to do with blindness, nothing to do with, uh, accessibility, but they have, uh, they're, they're a pretty significant Salesforce shop and, uh, they use us, uh, exclusively, um, a, because we're reasonable, but B, we just do, we do a dang good job. So they're, they're VP, VP of technology there loves us. He's come to, um, uh, conferences with us to show our apprenticeship program, um, uh, but really small to medium sized nonprofits. And it's the reason why we love working with th- that, uh, that client base, quite honestly, it's because we, you know, we want to also be part of this bigger ecosystem of making a difference. And uh, we know we can do that. And so many nonprofit leaders are struggling with, you know, they could do more if they had the proper technology in place, but then they go out there and they, they look at what, you know, organizations are offering like, Oh, for the low, low price of, you know, $28,000 or 2 million, like, right. it's just ridiculous. And so we're nowhere close to any of those prices. Our prices right. are so reasonable for the small to medium size. And then we get to work closely many times with, again, like the VP of technology or the CEO of these organizations. And we just love that because that's a, like, I don't know crap about sales, too, but I know <laughs> about relationships. And man, I, I, it's me, it's just about, it's getting to know the organization and really caring about what they're doing. Um, right. And then, you know, they in turn get to realize like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't know about the blindness community or the deaf community or the neurodiverse community. And I didn't realize that the unemployment epidemic it was just so egregious. And 
Um, so uh, that's what I really like. When, when you're with the, the large nonprofits or even large, you know, for-profit organizations, you're just another vendor. Like they don't, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't care about the relationship. They really, I mean, they, they might say that, but they don't really care. Like, they're just like, okay, what's, what's the cost? Can you get this done in, you know, half the time as this under right. vendor, like you get lost in the shuffle. And I, I don't want to, I don't want our population, which truly, you know, I know that sounds kind of ironic, but our, our population really needs visibility. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is through relationship building and not just being another number shop. Right. Well, it sounds like you have two audiences that you that you're trying to speak to as well. So you're the the uh, the disadvantaged community who who would be uh, would benefit from your training and then and then placement, as well as the people who need those types of of workers. Um, how how have you successfully kind of gotten the the word out to both of those audiences? <laughs> uh, it's a great question because you're right. We have two pipelines for sure. Uh, so we literally have a couple dozen uh, uh, young budding professionals with disabilities uh, nationally from around the world uh, reaching out to us. Um, and it's uh, because of our relationship with Salesforce. So because, you know, we, uh, we've, we've, we've made, um, you know, like a couple weeks ago, I just, uh, I was one of the honorees of the um, Denver Business Journal, DE&I award winners, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, and it really like the whole, the whole premise of, of winning that was because, you know, we are the first, um, apprenticeship, uh, the official apprenticeship program for, uh, blind, visually impaired people nationally per the department of labor. So like, you know, so these kind of things, you know, and again, I go back to, it's because of Salesforce, we're getting this kind of recognition nationally, which means we're getting, you know, these, these awards and I, I leverage awards for marketing. Um, right. It's all, if you can, if you can think about it, well, the good news is then the word is getting out there, which means that both sides of the pipeline, right? So both the demand uh, for, you know, needing, um, um, leveling up opportunities, you know, from, you know, call it the uh, the people with disabilities community, that word is getting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the good news is, you know, organizations are hearing about uh, what we're doing, uh, which is fantastic. But Salesforce themselves, they send us uh, nonprofits who are looking for, um, uh, you know, help all the time. Right. So right. when you have an 800 pound gorilla like that in the room that really give, I mean, and so for any, any organization who really like, you know, again, because nonprofits, the reason why they do the nonprofit work is because they, they care, right? They really have this. Mm-hmm. Care. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's lost that, you know, big, big software companies like Salesforce really care. I'm telling you, they really care. Like they, they flew me down. Um, I got, I, you know, so they, they flew me down to, to keynote one of their summits, uh, down in, that's why I went to San Juan. And, okay. um, so they flew me down to, to San Juan to speak in front of a couple of hundred, you know, national and international clients that use Salesforce. Like they're, so they're everything that they're doing because they, they want to help get the word out there. So because that's just great, it it is fantastic. So for any organization who's like, you know, like, Oh, should I go with this CRM or should I go with Salesforce? Like go with a software like company that actually cares about the broader population in such a way. Like to me, that's where you make your investment. Right. No, I, I completely <clears throat> agree that that, that, that that's, you know, it, it's, it's putting your money where, 
where your mouth is, I guess, in terms of, of really kind of living those values and making sure that you're supporting uh, organizations that, that have uh, kind of a you know, shared cultural um, desire to give back. And, um, and you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, any of, any of the giving back movements out there that, that really are starting to build <clears throat> awareness around around, uh, you know, groups of companies or individual companies that, um, that are taking certain steps to, to support, uh, you know, whether it be DEI or the environment. Um, but, but really giving people that opportunity to say, well, do I want to support these guys who don't really do anything or, or these guys over here who, who really have, uh, kind of embedded in their culture, this idea of, 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 uh, of giving back and doing something greater than just, uh, you know, just making money. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm telling you like sales, there was a, I, I didn't realize that there was going to be, um, there, there was a senior vice president, uh, really, really big player, um, within Salesforce, uh, you know, SVP of a fortune 100 company like that was in the audience. And, uh, his, his name is, is Don and Don requested uh, time with me afterwards and said, Mike, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you guys get recognized. Like that's awesome. You know, and it just so you think about that like again like their Salesforce is not making any money off of BIT. Like I don't work for BIT. But when when you hear of the egregious unemployment statistics for the broader people with disabilities community and to know that there's a single SaaS, you know, software as a service company that is this committed to the, the this population as they are like, it's like, how could you not want to see that company succeed even more? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so anyway, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. So that's kind of how we're kind of growing both sides of that equation. It's really because we have, you know, we have this amazing, you know, 800 pound gorilla in the room. That's like, I'm going to help. You know? <laughs> so, so I love it. Well, it's nice to have a, an 800 pound gorilla uh, fighting for, on your behalf, um, as opposed to, as opposed to against you for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So how is BIT funded? Are you, is it grants? Is it donations? Uh, you know, combination of those things? No, we're, so we're, we kind of flip the script. 80% of uh, 70 to 80% of our monies are uh, fee for service. So okay. literally from the beginning, I didn't have a rich uncle. I had, uh, you know, as a startup nonprofit, you get zero grant dollars. Um, I still like, I think we get like, I don't know, $4,000 a year in donations. I, I suck at asking people for money, <laughs> Okay, um, but I am, I am really good at uh, going out there and kicking in corporate doors or kicking in organization doors and saying, Hey, we have some amazingly talented people. And, uh, and we, so again, we act as a nonprofit staffing agency. So these companies, you know, from Prudential to, uh, CVS to, uh, Allstate, like they, they pay us to help them find talent from mm-hmm. the people with disabilities community. Do you partner with other, other staffing, uh, agencies or, you know, we've, or gosh, groups we've, of that nature? Oh man, we've, tr- we've tried that model so many times. I've even tried. Okay. So the, uh, I'm just going to say, it, uh, I'll say it anyways. The, the big boys don't care. The big, you know, mm-hmm. so they're so quota oriented. They're so bottom line. Like, wait, wait, you, you're saying that if I've, if I've got a, a blind candidate or a deaf candidate, I'm going to have to spend an extra like 12 seconds explaining to it. I don't have time for that. Right. And so, and again, you know, I've, I've I'm not going to mention any names. They'll, they'll remain nameless, but I've talked to the <laughs> biggest uh, staffing agencies out there and they, they, uh, they, they, they don't care. They, they it's it, interesting. 
Yeah. And, and they might have social media posts that say they care. Mm-hmm. The business model is not meant for them to care. So, because they're so, right. they're so quota oriented. So, but I've also gone and had conversations with smaller uh, staffing agencies too, right? Because the, because these staffing agencies are one to many, mm-hmm. right? You know, so it makes perfect business sense to do that. And I, and I, I've had board members throughout the years that have, oh, like you need to go partner with this. And of course I'd go and have the conversations and then, but it all breaks down because they're like, well, you know, well, so it, so, uh, I'm just going to say it like a hundred percent of the recruiters for all these uh, very large for-profit staffing agencies. Uh, they're all fully able-bodied. Right. So they have no idea like how to sell a blind person. They have no right. idea how to sell a deaf person or somebody who's nerd. They have no idea, Stu. So, so it's like, but you know, and then you're like, you mean I need special training to sell your people? Like, I don't have time for that shit. Right. So I'm just going to, you know, so I hate to say it like that, but I'm just telling you, man, like that's just, so I've, I've tried, it seems like it would be an easy win, uh, but it's not. Yeah. It's interesting. I just know uh, quite a few people in, in staffing, particularly here in Denver and they, you know, they're all relatively small firms. Um, but it just, you know, it just seems like it would be such a, a, a good, um, yeah, a good partnership. No, you're partnership. Right. It, yeah, it seems so obvious, right? Like, so yeah. wait, wait, you're saying, yeah. Mike, you have you have this you have this applicant tracking database that's just filled with talented, you know, individuals. And I'm I'm talking, you know, PMPs. I'm talking developers. I'm talking like not just you know, we're not just talking you know, uneducated, you know, blah blah. Like we're talking, you know, skilled individuals. But right. because, because these organizations have to learn you know, again, blindness, or they got to learn, you know, the disability, you know, language and, you know, the God forbid what a reasonable accommodation even looks like or sounds like, you know, so mm-hmm. again, so many of these organizations, uh, again, well-meaning, well-intentioned, but at the end of the day, they've got quotas to fill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, the industry, it's a super competitive industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and in today's market, it's, I'm sure even, more competitive in some, in some ways. Um, right. and it's, uh, but it's interesting too, because we, we are seeing this cultural shift, um, or, or at least it, it feels like we are experiencing a cultural shift that is, um, that, that has at least an intention. And, and sometimes you've pointed out, uh, perhaps, um, you know, ill, ill, uh, conceived or ill, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Not, not well uh, committed to intention, but, but to, to, you know, to bring diversity, inclusion and equity into the, into the corporate world. And, and so it seems like a perfect opportunity, um, you know, for some of these, some of these agencies to, to kind of get on board with that, or at least be able to help support that in a, in a, in a very interesting and, and different way. Um but, uh, but yeah, it just sounds like maybe they, they're a little stuck in, in how they do things. It's it. Well, uh, so it leads to, to me. So like one of the ways that I feel like we've been able to be much more successful, um, recently is because, so like, I, you know, again, the first several years, uh, like I've met, you know, I, I truly, and I, I told former governor Hickenlooper this, uh, you know, I truly believe that, uh, Denver and the great state of Colorado can be the most inclusion friendly place on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly, I truly mean that. And so, um, but, but again, I've, I've shaken hands and met with, I want to say hundreds, maybe even low thousands of executives now, you know, over the years. 
and I always like I always say like I'm blind, not dead. Um, <laughs> right. I could always feel kind of an uncomfortable, kind of an unease when I'm doing some networking. Not when I'm doing my workshops and stuff, because I break down I break down perceptions pretty quick, as you as yeah. you realize, right? Like yeah. but when I'm just when I'm just networking, meeting an executive, and I always say like um, like have, having the cane. Um, so, uh, you know, using my cane, I always say like the cane, um, was like, uh, you know, like the 19th commandment, thou shall not be a jerk to the blind guy. <laughs> right. Like it didn't make the top 10, but it was, it was this, it, it opens up doors. So even executives, busy executives, they never wanted to say no to the cane. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but even, even when I would get the meeting, which again, for a lot of salespeople, and at the end of the day, that's what I am. And that's what all, most CEOs of nonprofits are, your sales, whether you like it or right. not. Right. Um, you're like, uh, so getting the meeting is so good, but I could always sense people always had this, like this uneasy. And I always called it a squishy feeling. Mm-hmm. And so um, when the pandemic, hit, when the pandemic hit and really the whole, you know, the whole country, but the whole world came to a screeching business halt for the first three months of that. I actually had time to like slow down and I really analyzed that. So I had the great fortune of knowing a neuroscientist, a PhD here in the Denver Metro area, um, told her about this squishy feeling. And I, and I said, you know, um, I said, doc, I really feel like, uh, like there's this, like my cane, my blindness invokes this like primitive, like fear of the dark when I, when Mm -hmm. people meet me. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's fascinating. So I had this PhD that we retained. Uh, she gave me a screaming discount, thank goodness. <laughs> she was she had time on her hand too the first few months of the pandemic. So so anyway, uh, it was it was wonderful. And she so I had this uh, neuroscientist did some research because she loved this concept. And she says, you know, she goes, Mike, you know, comes back and she goes, Mike, you're on to something with this fear of the dark, like globally, all all humanity. That's why there's so much junk light in urban areas is because of the fear of the dark. She goes, she goes, but actually what I, I think you're actually experiencing is you're sensing people feeling uh, loss aversion and loss aversion is from a, uh, a Nobel prize economist from 2002, Daniel, Mm -hmm. Daniel Kahneman and Daniel. So in loss aversion, it's this people will avoid feeling a loss versus having an equivalent gain. And so uh, from, um, you know, so when people see me, right. And it's obvious I've got a cane. It's obvious, you know, I'm wearing sunglasses. So clearly I'm blind. Um, the loss aversion is literally, so people will be like, oh my gosh, if you have the ability to feel empathy and unless you're a sociopath, you have the ability right. to feel empathy, right. You're able to put yourself into my shoes. Right. And right. And right away people are, it scares people like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've got this loss. Right. Right. And I don't know how to deal with this loss. And that's why, so again, it's so important. And so we, we should, that's why in our trainings now, so, um, so I still have some of those, fun, the, some of those fun exercises and stuff I do for, but so much of my training now is focused on helping people realize like, okay, uh, like, is there unconscious bias that goes into, you know, not hiring somebody who's blind or deaf? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. but I think, yeah. I think there's so much more to it, Stu. And I think loss aversion is also something that we need to educate people on. Like the reason why you feel uncomfortable around somebody who's in a wheelchair, somebody who's got a prosthetic limb, uh, somebody again, who's blind or deaf or da, 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 like, so, like, like there's this thing again, because you, we, as human beings, we're able to put ourselves in somebody else's yeah. So loss aversion is it. 
Yeah, it's weird. There's this empathy thing, which is a which you know one one could argue is a is a good component of our of our being, and but then it 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 kind of leads to this this other component of our being that is uh, is. I don't I don't I don't call I don't consider that bad though, Stu. But what so to me, I leverage this as like helping people realize, like, okay, hey. Like, so now that we can name this, it's almost like saying, okay, uh, you know, like a 12 step program. The first step is literally admitting. Okay, uh-huh. So now if we can admit like, okay, so I, since I'm human and I feel empathy and so now I'm feeling squishy because I've got this loss aversion, we're able to name it now. Uh-huh. So it's not, this isn't a bad thing, but, it, but before that, we just, we don't even know how to name this. We just know that there's this uncomfortable feeling and we don't know where right. it's coming from. So, so that's what I, when I go into organizations now. It's all from this very educational lens, like saying, okay, cool. But then so cool. Okay, good. Oh, that's why I feel uncomfortable. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah. then it's like, okay, so now that we're, um, that we, 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 we name this, we identified this, we still have, again, within the people with disabilities community, we have this thing called reasonable accommodation. So that's when we can get to the brass tacks with, with, with leaders now and say, okay, so how does somebody who's blind, how I call it the how hump. Uh-huh. Somebody who's blind accomplish X, Y, or Z. That's why I go to, well, are you an organization that has Salesforce? Well, yeah. Okay. Salesforce is the reasonable accommodation. So, right. so right. it's all these steps down this path of, of inclusion, especially for the people with disabilities. And again, they, these are extra steps that, again, other disadvantaged communities don't have to deal with. Right. Is this something that you do? I mean, this is a little bit off topic, I guess, but is this something that you're, you're able to do is, is essentially disarm that vulnerability that people are, are feeling, um, by, by getting it out there? I mean, one of the things I, I know works really well when, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert in, in, you know, in big groups, I'm the kind, kind of the guy who finds the one person that I already know, and I am yep, yep. hang, hang out and, and talk for 45 minutes during the the mixer, right? Yep. Um, so I end up meeting no people. Um, but one of the ways that I've I've been able to kind of disarm that is to just own it and and you know and and admit that this is uncomfortable for me. Um, you know, I'm not great at, at, at meeting new people and, and it's, you know, really nice to meet you, but, uh, but just let you know that, that this is out of my comfort zone a little bit. And that then, um, it, it really just kind of changes the entire conversation, um, in that, you know, I've admitted this, this kind of vulnerable, you know, yeah. semi-embarrassing or, you know, however you want to, want to judge that. But, uh, but, you know, it, it puts it out there. I'm wondering if that is something that you, that you do when, when, you know, when you're experiencing that squishiness. I, so you're, you're hundred percent accurate on that. And that's why I'm saying like, I've by noticing, so when I couldn't, so what I thought I had to do was like sell harder or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. convince people harder when I was feeling that. Now, okay, knowing, so that's why, like, I put this out there. This is part of the, the spiel, right? So when I get a chance to speak in front of whether it's a keynote or other trainings that I do now, like I, I bring this up, I bring up loss aversion all the time, right? And, 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 and multiple podcasts, multiple, like I, you know, getting the word out there, like, I hey, guess what this, it's okay to feel this squishy feeling, 
you know, because that means you're human and you have empathy and you're not a sociopath. So kudos. <laughs> nice. So that's a good time to not be a sociopath. Um, but, but it's good to be able to say like, Oh, you know, cause sometimes people just feel bad. Like, man, I don't, I don't know why I didn't want to talk to the blind person. Right. And you know, now you right. know, okay. So now, okay. Like, Oh, okay. That makes, that makes perfect sense. So yeah, I, I struggle with that. But so from, from the networking perspective, just educating folks on there, like, okay, this, this is human. Like this is organizational development, like yeah. this, you know, um, and it's, uh, and there's a lot of training out there for, again, sexual harassment and uh, racism and all these other kind of concepts. But if you go out there and look for, you know, uh, this kind of training for the people with disabilities community, a lot of times what you get is like disability etiquette. And uh-huh. I'm just going to throw the bullshit flag on that. Like, <laughs> like, like I, don't, I don't, I don't want people to be more polite to me because I'm blind. I actually, I actually, you know, so again, you're separating me from other like, and in the business world, that's, that's part of the reason why there's this unemployment epidemic is because, you know, the mass majority of humanity don't know how to, like, they don't understand that this feeling that they're feeling is a loss aversion. And then they right. don't know like, okay, so how do I interact with somebody who's blind or deaf? You know, I mean, when you're, you know, talking to somebody who's blind, you know, you, you, you talk louder because of course, you know, <laughs> right. you, you know, sure. like, you know, you just, and you don't know if you like say, Hey, did you see that movie? Oh, well, you know, like, I, you know, we're, we're just, we're so on guard. And that's part of the reason why the unemployment epidemic exists is because there's this uncomfortableness. So we don't need disability etiquette. We need true organizational development. We're realizing like, okay, cool. That's okay. I understand why I'm feeling uncomfortable now. Yeah. And, and wow. making, making sure that it's, you know, that we, we identify that we give it a name and, and put it out there and then it, then it's it out there. It's not, yeah, then it yeah. diffuses. You're like, Oh, okay. I get yeah. it now. I, I get this. Okay. So, but then it, then you have questions like, okay, well, so is it okay for me to say something like, Oh, did you see that movie? Oh, Oh, did you, Oh, it's right. Look over there. Oh, you know, like, right. Okay. Let's, let's get over. Like, as long as, Again, let's be respectful. Like, let's use people first language, right? Right. So I am a person who is blind. Okay. Um, right. Right. There are people in wheelchairs. There are, you know, there are people of color. So recognize that we're people first. Don't define us by our physical traits. Um, but we don't need these etiquette language. We need we need we need true awareness of why we're feeling the way we're feeling around people with disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um- I mean, it's, it's really, uh, really interesting and amazing how you've, how you've been able to break that down and, and, you know, you define that and, and, and demonstrate how easy it is once that is out in the open to, to kind of diffuse that. I, I, I just love, uh, love what you're doing there. And it's cool that you, that you took those first three months of, of the pandemic to kind of, kind of suss that out and, and, and get a, a, a good understanding of, of what the, uh, you know, what the sociology or the, even the psychology is around that or neurology even. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a, just a lovely happenstance. Like it had been something on my brain for, for truly years uh, up until that point. And then literally just this uh, introduction of this uh, amazing, you know, uh, scientist PhD here in the Denver Metro area. And I mean, I, I know, you know, this, like, it just, it's amazing how, when, things are kind of meant to be, they happen. (laughs) So, uh um, but truly I believe that that, uh, over, (coughs) excuse me, over the last couple of years has been a, a huge part of, um, our success. And we, 
we've uh you know we've continued to grow and um it's it's fun with the relationships that we uh continue to cultivate uh cultivate and uh, uh create out there with uh truly some of the biggest brands uh in the world it's super fun well yeah you you've hit on uh on some amazing synergies i guess would be a good uh, a good way to 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 frame that in terms of this this kind of uh you know partnership with salesforce and and really enabling that platform to to do what it does within uh within you know all communities and 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 open up opportunity for uh for people who um you know who don't don't have that many or have as many opportunities perhaps as as some of the the rest of us it's it really and i th- i think it's uh that was phrased very well Stu. it's it it's not that you know uh there are organizations that are out there uh that are some of the largest employers for you know we'll just stick with blind visually impaired and uh but the government or government type agencies shouldn't be the only mm-hmm. great opportunity for the blind visually impaired community and that's that's that you know so my my goal is and it, and it and it sounds huge but yet if you think about it it's it's not like my goal is to get 10,000 blind, visually impaired people, um, just blind, visually impaired people, but uh, obviously uh, other professionals with disabilities gamefully employed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to me, that is just the reason why I'm saying that is like that, that that's only one per fortune uh, 10,000 company. Right. right. So, it's, so we're not talking about like a huge number, but yet all of a sudden now we'll have at least representation in every fortune 10,000 company out there, which right now, that's the thing we do not have. We do not have right. representation at all. We do not have a seat at the table. Well, and just going back to our to the to the squishiness conversation, it, it when when you have representation in workforces that large, that now you have you know collisions happening, yes. Um, yes. where where all of a sudden it 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 just changes everybody's perception of, of, you know, how to, how to interact with people as people. Um, and it, I mean, it's just, there's, there's something there that just continues to build and, and creates amazing things. And I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're on this, on this journey. It's amazing. Uh, no, I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a fun, uh, it really has been a fun journey and we're, we're turning, um, uh, so our, uh, so I'm a, I'm a, um, I grew up, uh, well, I grew up, my, my girls grew up, uh, with, uh, the Harry Potter kind of, um, you know, series and all that sort of thing. And so, mm-hmm. um, we, the one thing that we do that really makes us look a lot like a charity is we do have a gala, um, and we have a gala that's coming up in October, Okay, October 8th, actually. And BIT, uh, we are turning nine and three quarters. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So, um, <laughs> So uh, we're, we're going to have a, a bit of a themed, uh, you know, gala, but um, it, it's, uh, it's always a lot of fun. So we offer uh, blinders. So at, at every table, there's blinders. So mm-hmm. people, if they choose, and it's same blinders that you remember from the activities, but yeah. um, they, they get to choose to, you know, put these blinders on and experience dining using other senses than just your sight. And so, and of course I explain you know, the best way to like, you know, use your plate as a, as a clock, you know, so nowhere near yeah. those, nowhere three and nine and six are on your plate and, uh, around your plate, you know? So, and so, but we, we encourage this not to, you know, there are definitely dining in the dark kind of concepts out there. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't do it like where we shut off all light. Uh, right. quite honestly, it scares the crap out of people too. Um, so we, uh, and I've practiced being blind people who are blind have practiced, right. It's a skill. Right. It's a skill. Right. 
And so we just, you know, we're like, Hey, you know, you'd be, you'd be amazed just like you were with your um, activity. Like now that you, you, you can actually do more than you think, um, you know, when, when you're faced in this situation. And so, so we, that's uh, so we have a, we have a gala that's coming up um, in October for, uh, and it's a limited amount of uh, actually seats. Um, so, cause we're doing it at the, uh, the cable center at the campus uh, of the, the DU campus. So okay, um, should be a, should be a fun event, but um, so for any of your uh, audience listeners who uh, are interested in that, we do have, we have a link on our website, but if you're, if you're interested in kind of a, Harry Potter themed uh, event. It will be, it will be fun. So, well, I will definitely share that in the show notes and, and I've, I've, I've just had such a, a wonderful time reconnecting with you today, Mike, and, and having this conversation. It's just been fab fabulous. Um, how can people find out more about, uh, about BIT and what you're up to? Uh, that just, uh, uh, obviously we're on social, uh, um, our website is uh, pretty easy. It's blindinstituteoftechnology.org or blindit.org. Blind is an unable to see blindit.org. Uh, so uh, we have a uh, obviously we have an events page there. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out on a monthly basis that uh, we we feel like is uh, you know again we we focus on the relationships that we have and the organizations that we're um, you know, uh, working with all that good stuff. Um, uh, so, but, uh, yeah, we, we try to stay pretty, pretty current and pretty active on our social. So, um, and, uh, I'm really easy to get a hold of. Uh, my email address is, uh, Mike, M I K E at blindit.org. Well, great. I will share all of those links in the show notes. And I've really just had a, a, a wonderful time, like I said, reconnecting with you today. Um, one of the things that, I love is, is being able to have these conversations on a weekly basis. However, I really, really want to foster the idea that we can all take some kind of an action. And so if there was one action you would like people to take after listening to our show today, what would, what would that be? It's a great question. Um, I moderated a panel of DE and I leaders last week. And uh, so my, 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 it was the same question I had asked uh, each one of them. Like if there's uh, audience members at this conference you know, if there's one takeaway, what it is, and I loved uh, this one. It said it's it's all about partnership, uh, and it's, it's, she was a uh, tribal leader, indigenous populations, Native Americans, um, and she was just like you know, um, partner. Like if you, if if you don't know, get out there and partner. And and for us, quite honestly, like we're not the typical nonprofit where we're looking for volunteers to do this or that. Um, but just, you know, schedule some time with us, like recognize, you know, like, you know, let's, if, if you realize that you might have this loss aversion towards blindness and you get this squishy feeling where you just don't know, like have a virtual cup of coffee with me. I mean, if you're local, have a cup of coffee with me, like re realize like, uh, uh, so there, there are professionals that are out there that, uh, could really bolster your, your community quite honestly. And, uh, so, uh, to me, I'm a huge fan of that, that collaboration, that partnership. So, um, feel free to reach out. Uh, we would, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Mike. And I will hopefully talk to you very soon. Awesome, Stu. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's my pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. And there you have it, another great episode of Relish This. Thanks again for listening. You can find past episodes of the show at relishthis.org. And remember, if you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. 
For more information on purpose marketing, grab your free copy of my book, Mission Uncomfortable, How Nonprofits Can Embrace Purpose-Driven Marketing to Survive and Thrive. Get your copy now at missionuncomfortablebook.com. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week, won't you?